This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. listening to the 4000 holes podcast brought to you by the people at brfcs.com and sponsored by the lovely people at the terrace hello and welcome to the 4000 holes podcast the what now show the first of the 2023 2024 season I'm your host, Roger Whiteside, joined by my usual guests, Ian Herbert, James Marsh, and Matt Grimshaw, with a special guest, Catherine McNamara, joining us this evening. We've got a packed show to get through, starting off with topic one, which is our Girona fans takeover match, which is happening this weekend. That's this Saturday, July the 29th at Ewood Park, Rovers against Girona. Uh, topic two will be the twist in the tail. This summer seemed to be going in a great direction. Everyone was bubbling along happily, having a great time, until the mention of Indian Pats Law was uh, brought up on a Twitter post, I think, a Daily Mirror Twitter post, and the meltdown of the forums and the fans that has ensued since then has caused some alarm. Section three is going to be having a look at the broader summer so far, some of the incomings, and outgoings, and finally, we'll finish with a little bit of light-hearted any of the business. So let's get straight onto it. Topic one: the Girona fans takeover. Ian, you're the man I'm going to come to first with this one. This is a, this is a shameless commercial, I think, as much as anything else. Uh, I think credit due first of all to Rovers Trust because they've been trying to build bridges with the club for quite some time, and I think this is the culmination of it. And we're going to see at halftime apparently a memorandum of understanding signed. So that that that'll be good. I think that will formalise the relationship between the club and the trust. And essentially, what what the trust have done is they've thrown the net out and sort of said, if anybody any fan groups want to get involved in any way, shape, or form, you're more than welcome. We want to make this truly a day that's owned by the fans. So we, as BRFCS and as Four Thousand Holes, wearing our podcast and fanzine guys, uh, have, have dive right in there. So. 
people will see Scott on Kidder Street in his usual spot selling the half fanzine, half unofficial programme, which I think is the first time that we've ever done that. Uh, we will also be selling it on our BRFCS 4000 Holes stall, which you will find near the fan zone uh, behind the Blackburn end. So there's going to be uh, one or two sort of outlets set up there. So we're going to be selling the fanzine. We're going to be giving fixture cards away. We're going to be covering people who can't run away fast enough in stickers. Uh, and we're going to be selling raffle tickets on Tombola tickets to win some excellent prizes with all proceeds from those two things going to Tony Parks. If your ticket is for the Jack Walker and you wouldn't normally walk round, I'd just sort of say come down maybe five, ten minutes sooner and just have a wander around and see what's going on because there's a lot of people put a lot of effort in to try and make this uh, a worthwhile experience. And I think that that's probably it. Yeah, and it's not just the 4,000 Halls BRFCS that are involved in this. There's wider groups involved. The We Are the Rovers, as you mentioned. Also, uh, Rovers Chat are involved. And I do believe there's going to be some representation from the SAS as well there on the day. So everyone, not that's not Sheer and Sutton. That's the newly formed South Asian Supporters Group. Proud Rovers uh, may be there as well. And all the, the clubs and fans group that are associated with Rovers, it's not just us, it's everyone, everybody who has an interest in the, the club. Have you got Catherine. a gazebo, Ian? We do have a gazebo, yes. It's almost like we planned it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm also urging everyone who comes to bring a golf brolly because if we're going to have a chat with anybody or try and put stickers onto people, I think we need to keep them dry so that we can uh, we can affix them. So, yes, we've got a gazebo. We have a pop-up table. We've got blue and white tablecloths. We have bunting and we have a banner. It's just so exciting. It's so corporate. Uh, the, the market, the hidden marketeer in me has come out with this. I have to say, we've we've had lots of creative discussions in the background about usage of branding and logos and layouts of designs and things like that. So uh, yeah, we, we, we've uh, we've got quite a lot going on. I'm really glad you've actually given this explanation. I'm not around this weekend, and because the calendar's been blocked out because I'm going away for the weekend to Yorkshire, um, I hasten to add to the rain i've kind of turned a little bit of a blind eye to the jerome game so thank you for the uh for the rundown very helpful how many how many kind of fans groups are going to be there Do well, we know? i think i think roger's covered covered off there so the, so the, the main one mains one with stalls i think is, is ourselves and potentially the south asian uh supporters group uh, but I think there's some other refreshment stands and various other bits and bobs. Duncan's got a band playing, a local band playing in Blues Bar after the game as well. So that, yeah, there's quite a lot going on. And I think it's about trying to build credibility with the club as well. It's about trying to sort of demonstrate that if you trust us, uh, we won't misplace that trust. So as I say, yeah, the, the fanzine is quite something because people didn't like not having a match programme anymore. And Scott sells quite a few copies, I think, to people who don't realise it's not the match programme. So this is an opportunity where at least you get 50% of it that's the match programme. I think there's there's, uh, there's quite a lot in there. And hopefully people will come back and buy the fanzine again. So, yeah, um, if you're thinking about it, tickets are dead cheap. Weather's miserable. What else are you going to do? You might as well come down and watch uh, watch a football match and uh, see us in action. So that'd be really put, good. Put a fanzine to one side for me, please. Will do. The other thing, just to mention while we're talking about this, is that um, I was at the meeting with Lindsay Tolbert and Steve Waggett, uh, two big, obviously big hitters at the club who know what the fans are trying to achieve with this, know what's happening, and having their support and their input shows that the club are actually listening to this. And hopefully, if the fans can make it a success, this might lead on to, who knows, maybe some other days, maybe the One Rovers Day, the Community Trust Day, future friendlies, maybe League Cup matches where fans can get more and more involved and uh, build that connection 
back with the club that a lot of fans feel as though they've lost over the last uh, sort of 10, 12 years. Uh, excellent. So we'll move on to, to topic number two. And I'm going to come back to you, Ian, straight. You're making your work for your fee this evening uh, with <laughs> the twist and <laughs> your, your free fee with uh, uh, what I'm calling a twist in the tail. Now, for a summary, everybody who uh, was following Rovers transfer dealings through June, where we signed three players and the kit was out in good time and JDT was staying and it all looked promising. We hadn't really had to sell anybody. We knew what the model was, outgoings before incomings. And then a Mirror article from uh, the Daily Mirror, that is, on Twitter surfaced about Indian tax law. Vinky's pulling money, putting money in, chaos, players having to fly home under their own uh, expenses from away trips. Proverbial hit the fan, should we say. So, Ian, what is this all about? What can you offer us? Well, I think I think there's one one thing that's certain amongst the fan base is that the knowledge of the Indian tax regulations across the fan base generally has improved exponentially over the last couple of weeks. I think we've all at various points done some frantic googling, and I think there's been a number of opinions uh, on the forum and on across socials. Some of them far more informed than others. Some wild speculation. I think just trying to make sense of it, the facts are that there is going to be a change in the Indian tax legislation regarding moving money out of India. The driver for that seems to be that the Indian government is trying to keep investment inward bound and is making it more expensive to, to move money out of the country. So I think about this as you know, if you were going on holiday and all of a sudden when you exchanged your currency at the airport, if you're foolish enough to exchange your currency that late before your holiday, you'd have to pay a surcharge to, to, to convert it into the currency of the country that you're going to. That is, is basically what is, what is imminent from the Indian government, I think, with effect from the beginning of October. So that seems to have manifested itself into impacting upon Rover's playing budget. Uh, and it looks to me as if Venkis have sort of said, well, we are prepared to set an amount aside in local currency, i.e. Indian currency. Uh, the fact that this tax has come in kind of isn't our fault. We've not budgeted to give you any more. So the playing budget has got to cope with that increased administration charge. I think that that's possibly the best explanation. I'm not saying it's 100% accurate, but having poured over, as I say, lots of Google searches, that seems to uh, that seems to make make a certain amount of sense. So where that leaves us as the club um, is, is clearly with, with less money than we thought we'd agreed at the back end of last season. Uh, and that's manifested itself in, in a lot less activity, rumour and speculation in the transfer market, as we know. So... How, what, how it will unfold and how it will play out ultimately, whether this is kind of just a one-off hit and they can come up with some wizard wheeze to get round it in the fullness of time, uh, we're not entirely sure, but it, it certainly seems to have had an impact. If it turns out that the reduction in our playing budget is nothing to do with the Indian tax legislation, that will be fascinating in and of itself, whether it's just Venki sort of saying, nah, we've had enough. I don't think it is. I don't think it is, but uh, you know, as always, there's, there's there's very little that's revealed, and, and there's a vacuum that we we fill with speculation and Google searches in this instance. So that that's my best punt. Venky's uh, sleeve sponsorship announcement and uh, supposed pumping of more cash into the club. Surely that's got to be seen as it, you're not going to sell a business. Talking as a businessman myself, I'm surely not going to pump a load of money into a business just to sell it. I'm with you in terms of be very surprised if Venky's are using this as a sales pitch although 
we just don't know. I mean, yeah, I think as you touched on then this year, there seems to be a lot more people who claim to know things in and around the club. And the chances are the majority of them probably are either just winging it or guessing or they've heard a rumour for, you know, the, the, the credibility in, in most of it, I don't really, I don't really believe most of it, but I think it's interesting that it came from the mirror as well. It's not somewhere where um, they're often talking about us. So, you know, it begs the question to me, it makes me think, why are they talking about us? There must be something in it if they've decided that they're going to start talking about us all of a sudden. But I think we just have to wait and see how the rest of the window goes because nobody really knows what's going on. You know, the club were very vocal about what the budgets were a few months ago um, at the beginning of the window. And with the rumoured business that we've, that we, you know, we're still looking at players putting in offers in supposedly. So, so who knows? I mean, we're clearly not strapped for cash. We're not, um, you know, the, you look at the what what's reported with the Ash Phillips deal, for example, we're not exactly desperate. I don't think yet whether we become a bit more desperate if you want um, later on, who knows. But James, you, you agree with that? You, have you heard anything else on top of what's already been said or anything that uh, strikes you? Do you believe everything you read in the papers? Uh, no, I don't believe everything I read in the papers, but I, I did go into my own mini meltdown when I did read it. <laughs> I think everyone did. <laughs> Me and me and numbers aren't a good combination, so I just stayed well well away from any Google search because I just want to understand it. And Ian's explanation was the best one I've seen so far. It just came at a bad time, I think, because there was so much positivity around the start of summer. The three signings, you know, I we went to Austria. We won in Aus- won quite convincingly in Austria. All seemed really positive. It, it just put a dampener on what was looking like a really positive summer. But yeah, I, I agree with what everyone else has said. There's far too many in the nose for my like. I think some some are just scaremongering a bit, as as with the media. But I suppose there's no smoke without fire, so there might be some truth in it. There might not be. I thought yeah, well, the same. My husband broke it to me on a WhatsApp message that he sent me from downstairs when I'd gone to bed early, <laughs> saying, "What's this?" And it was kind of that <clears throat> emoji. Um, mm. And I have to say, I didn't find a legitimate kind of answer it felt like just a very big echo chamber that I happened to be part of and other than that Daily Mirror story it's really difficult to substantiate so um but it certainly did get hairs running and it was that kind of oh another false dawn being intentionally provocative as a, a good host I think should be on any podcast or any show there was a theory out there which I just want to throw at all three of you actually uh, all four of you should I say about Linky seemed to be able to have these bad news stories and then within a day or a week or a couple of days or a week come with sort of a, uh, oh, here we are. Here's some more money story or here's a, they look good. You know, I'm, try, I'm trying to word it very carefully, but almost there seems to be this uh, like uh, my older sister would do when we were kids in terms of hurt me but then she'd been the first one to you know put her arm around me you know in terms of like oh i'm i'm being caring here <laughs> i'll look after you sort of thing do you buy into that theory at all perhaps what that they're coercively P- controlling us that it's a bit of a pr stunt <laughs> and it's a bit of a way of managing fans expectations and I'm not entirely sure. It is a bit, it got me thinking of it. It's almost like a little bit, well, it is very political if, if that is the case. But, you know, I think the fact that nothing has really materialised from it, that's the, 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 the club seem to keep quiet. I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too drawn in. I don't, 
it's a difficult it's a difficult one to unpick are they coercively controlling us yes or no yeah. well that is the question ian you <laughs> i'm just nervously you're wondering you're... how much of this i'll have to edit out because we can't afford lawsuits no, I haven't I said I, anything that I, isn't already a theory that's out there in the ether, anyway. Is it? I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It... I'm not a great fan of conspiracy theories. I have to say, I, I, you know, they, let, let's not rake it all up again. They've made mistakes in the past, but they've pumped an awful lot of money in as a result of those mistakes. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody would would do that voluntarily. I can't think of anyone sort of saying. I've just looked round this room and I've got way too much money. Let's go and buy a football club. That doesn't seem like a very sensible outcome. Had the club been run better. Better, they wouldn't have had to put as much money in. There's no doubt about that. But they have put it in. That's just that's just on the record. Uh, I, I think the, the Indian tax thing is on the record. So yeah, th- those are those are th- things that are factual. Um, your opinion about those though is entirely your own. Let's uh, let's, let's leave it. At well, that, I, I am only echoing opinions on our very own message boards. But <laughs> are we turning into this, GB News on this? I, I, maybe. I would say though, it's just in in. In finishing as such, in terms of the big question with Venkis, as you've sort of touched on there, Ian, is always been what's in it for them? What is what is the end game for Venkis? Is it to sell when we get back in the Premier League? Is it to keep pouring money in it? Why are why are they in it? I don't know. It's what well, no, so originally I could see a logic because there was the rumour that they were launching Venkis Express. We were in the Premier League and there was a great brand product awareness opportunity. So originally, you could see that. They never launched Fingers Express in the UK. Rovers were relegated, and we all know what's happened since. Why they've stuck at it, there's lots of theories about culturally feeling that they have an obligation, uh, that they are so wealthy that, frankly, this is like me finding 50p down the back of a sofa. It's not going to change my life if I lose it. it yeah. I, th- I think there's probably elements of truth in all of those. But they're never going to get the money back unless we qualify for Champions League like five years on the run now. Let's let's be blunt. Cynic. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the long story. It's the the background story that will be on any fans forum, any fans takeover talks. It'll be mentioned on Saturday, won't it? it it's it, unfortunately whenever Venkis get involved to this level, it becomes the terrorist talk, and we'll have to see what happens going forward. Moving on to topic three now, and we're going to be taking a look at the summer so far. James, I'm going to come to you first for our three signings, sparkly new signings, all FOC, free of charge or on loan. Sandra Kronstadt, I think I'm saying that one right. Nile Ennis, and also on your Sigurdsson. What do you know about them? How excited are you to see them? Are you impressed with the signings thus far? Very, I was very impressed with the signs um, that were made so far. I thought the rule change came in at the perfect time. Um, Arna Sigurdsson does Just remind us most. of that rule. Just remind everybody oh, of the rule change. There was a rule change where you can now have up to four spaces on foreign yeah. players without them needing a work permit or something like that. Something, something like around. That, yeah, yeah. Then allowed us to delve into the foreign markets, which is where I think Greg and JDT will really show their worth, well, Greg especially. The one I'm most excited by is Arnold Sigurdsson. I think he's, from the clips I've seen on YouTube, he looks very good, very skillful, very direct, and a very good Diaz replacement, I think. And then, obviously, everyone knows about the goal he scored at the Bernabeu in the Champions League. And, and that, that's that's enough for me. Obviously, he's injured until September, so we have to wait a bit longer. Um, now, yeah. Ennis, I think he's had a bit of an injury 
Brown season with Plymouth, and I think he still scored 14 goals, which is quite impressive. He's been injured for a considerable amount of time. And um, Tronstad, I don't, I don't know a lot about him. Um, I've only seen clips of him in pre-season. He looks very comfortable on the ball. Matt, you were at Accrington. Uh, you've seen Sondra Tronstad in the flesh. Were you impressed? Yeah, I think he he's clearly there for the spot that is occupied by Lewis Travis. And I think it was very obvious if you watched the Accrington game. He he seemed to do everything that you would want from a, a midfielder. He, you know, he could win the ball back if he misplaced a pass. He'd be straight in there trying to win it back. He'd, he, you know, he can put a tackle in, but he was he was quite quick with it as well. The transition, I was is what I was most impressed with from him. His transition play was. Excellent. You know, I don't think I saw him take more than three touches in the game at one time, which is something that from from a progressive midfielder like that, taking it from one end to the other, it's exactly what you want. Um, and I think that it's something that Lewis Travis maybe lacked a little bit in his game. I think, you know, there's no doubt he's a great midfielder. That's why he's the captain. That's why, he, you know, he's been in the side for as long as he has. But I think, you know, his, his decision making probably is what he needed to improve on a little bit. So, I think Tronstad is a very good player. Um, as James said, Sigurdsson, you know, he looks looks exciting. Uh, you know, it's exactly what we need, a bit a bit of flair. But I am actually quite excited for Niall Ennis as well. I'm a big fan of the EFL, so I know, you know, what Niall Ennis is all about. I've heard a few things about him from, from a few fans and uh, a Wolves fan that I know, obviously, that's where he spent his youth career. So, yeah, I think it's good. We were expecting, we were told that they were trying to get three before July and we got that. Since then, it seems to have dried up. But I think if you're going to do business well, it probably you probably will have a dry dry spell in the window. So I think yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with with the three signings that we've got so far. But as been said before, a striker is probably needed. Yeah, I think that's the <laughs> mentioned it once again. The glaring error thus far in the transfer market, Catherine. Uh, just looking into Niall Ennis, uh, doing some research before the podcast today, and some talk about him being overweight. Uh, or unfit won't be the first one though would he is it possible in the in the you know 2023 for a professional footballer to be unfit are you worried about that no i think um i think jdt as i think he one of the things i was most impressed with last season was the fitness of the squad to be to be brutally honest so i think i don't think that'll be an issue and i think he'll whip him into shape in in kind of over this pre-season so i don't think that's a problem I don't think that's a problem. I'm more excited that we're, you know, looking at Sigurdsson. It kind of fits that, you know, it's always good to have like a cult-looking player on your books as well. And I'm kind of, I think there's going to be lots of headbands and top knots appearing, you know, amongst the youth over the next... Uh, alas, not me. Next year. But, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good-looking man. He's a good-looking man. If he... If he... To play football half as good as he looks, and we've uh, we've got a steal there, I'm sure. Ian, I want to come to you next. We're talking about some of the transfers, the ins and outs. I'm going to go back around. Let's go through to some of the outs. Obviously, the obvious ones: Brereton at Villarreal, Bradley Dax, supposedly maybe Sunderland. I'd say He's just Sunderland. Sunderland have just announced it about ten just announced. Ago. Yeah, that's, that's a shocker, isn't it? That's an absolute shocker. Honestly, yes. I, I nearly fell my seat when I, I heard for it. one, am gobsmacked. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, let, but no, I mean, let's go straight to it. Uh, Bradley Dak to Sunderland is the breaking news. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a bit surprised. It's, it's a great move for Dak. 
it's an absolute great move because if there's if there's somebody who's going to nurture him and nurse him back to the form that we know he's capable, then Big Tone is your man. There's no doubt about that. So uh, yeah, con- congrats to them both. I think uh, you know, they, they get the best out of each other. I think yeah, Brad Bradley never let Tony down when he was a manager at Rovers and. Um, Vice versa, I think Mowbray was very good for Dak when he was having that that trouble, shall we say, with various court cases and all the rest of it. He was very loyal and stood behind him. So I think it's Dak's best possible move. That mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm very surprised with that. Just talking about uh, Teo Eden going to Charlton, uh, sort of thanks for your service, but probably not good enough uh, at this level. Yeah, I was at Peterborough away last year, and I think that did for him. Um was it last year? Not last year. It's the season before, isn't yeah, it? Because we, season the season ended. Us, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that did for him. That appearance. I think that really did. Um, I thought there was. I thought there was a player in there, and I expected him to progress, and he never has. Again, fresh start for him. Wish him all the best. And again, on outgoings, because you do fear from what has been said and what we spoke about before on the podcast with the Indian tax and the, the budget constraints that outgoings are going to have to be there before incomings come in. Uh, Ashley Phillips, another one who sort of seems to have been mentioned. Your thoughts on that, Ian, in terms of two million seems quite cheap if that's what it's meant to be, but then to supposedly. Well, well again, again, this, this, this is this summer is a, of unknowns. Yes, this is another one around which, you know, if you, depending which forum or social media thread, thread you, you read, it's two million. So as soon as they bid two million, he has to go. No, it's not. It's more nuanced than that. There's two million plus add ons, and the add ons need to be negotiated. It's 10 million that Blackburn want, yeah. Uh, Phillips is going to leave us at some point. Rovers need money, so it, it all things seem to point to him leaving this window, except it's Spurs that are interested in him. And Daniel Levy um, doesn't doesn't back down in negotiations. I think that's the one thing that he is. So Rovers are negotiating with quite possibly the worst club. The best thing that could happen is that Newcastle or Chelsea or Man United would suddenly express some interest, I think, and then we could it might just crystallize it uh I, I, yeah i don't i don't think i don't envisage that phillips will be here at, at the end of this window i've got to be honest i think he i think he will go and it will just be a case of playing brinkmanship as to the fee that we get now i'll come back to you james on this one in terms of some of the other names that have been linked with outgoings of course we're all very much speculation at uh, this point of the summer transfer window kaminsky uh, to luton is another one that seems to have been mentioned quite a bit travis lewis travis maybe going to uh Millwall or a another Sam Gallagher, another name that potentially uh, is on the cards. Who'd who'd be your sort of first sale or sell to buy? Sam Gallagher, uh, and I and I love Sam Gallagher. I think his work rate is just top notch. But he I, he's not the striker to take us forward. I think anyway. But watch me be wrong. He still he still be only making twenty five goals. It, it it would just be difficult for him to do that. Um, but he would be my first one, I think. Travis to know, I think that's died down now. And I, I did speak to a, a, a Luton fan about Kaminsky, and then they said that he said that Luton definitely do need at least two keepers, and that he wouldn't be surprised if Luton did go up to the five million valuation and would try to lowball us with under a million. But Sam Gallagher would be my first sale. But I would only sell Sam Gallagher if we had a ready, ready-made striker to be signed and come in straight away. So that's that's the only risk with that one. Sam Gallagher with conditions. Oh, yes. Catherine. I'll come to you next. Gallagher, Kaminsky, Travis. Gallagher first again. I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, he's a workhorse, but 
Shecky Coochie was a workhorse, wasn't he? And it's just, we need the continuity, we need the flair, we need the, yeah. So um, I would go, I would go similarly Gallagher with conditions. Those conditions being? Get somebody decent in. If not, keep hold. Uh, Matt, finally, with you with this one, some of the outgoings, any other names you've heard of? or uh... I think if if Gallagher is to go, we're going to have to be a heck of a lot more realistic than the reported fee that we're asking. Because I think if anybody's paying £5 million for Sam Gallagher, then the world's gone mad. I mean, I, I like him. He's, you know, as everybody said, he works hard. But if you're a striker, you can't just work hard. Unfortunately, you've got to put the ball in the back of the net. I think everybody's forgetting about the hope that we had on Harry Leonard last season. He's done well in pre-season. You know, he scored, opened his account a couple of times in pre-season. I think we definitely need a striker, but if Gallagher, even if even if we just get rid of Gallagher, I think, and get in one striker maybe instead of two that I personally think we would need, I think you've got Ennis coming in who we might not see for a while, which... I don't know. I don't know if I keep Gallagher for that reason mainly, um, but I think if we are selling someone, I think Kaminsky. It's time that he moves on to the Premier League. I think he's a Premier League quality goalkeeper. I think that five million would be a fair fee and a decent bit of profit for us as well, which is something that we don't. You know, we're not. We're, we're strangers to profit. Recently, it seems we seem to just let them go for free if they're any good, and if and then we keep the rest of them. That's how. That's how it seems. So I think. If we could get some good money for Kaminsky, but then, but then again, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure Pears is ready to be the number one. So I, I again, I think a keeper would have to come in. So again, I'm going to say Kaminsky, but like everybody else, with the condition that a keeper comes in as well. There's going to be a painful departure, I would say, either this season or next season, whether it be Phillips or Wharton or both this season. But you're right. Everyone's pointed at it. If there's a plan in action, if there's project which we've spoken about many times in place then uh, that's the way it's got to be welcome back to section four and the final section we'll just have a light-hearted chat about any other business uh, i just want to talk about a little bit on jdt at the end but before we get to that we're going to come back around matt i'll come straight back to you uh, i want to talk to you about the kits now uh resident kit guru ian herbert and myself have both got a keen eye for uh, for rovers kits i don't mind the three this season in fact i think they're all quite solid choices you got a preference or it should cambridge blue and royal blue be never seen on a rover shirt i quite like nice kits and i know it'll sound silly but if if you go away from from what we've always had and it looks nice then i'm all for it like the away shirt for example um i i think it's now there's bias in this, but I think it's possibly the best away kit in English football. That away kit, I think it's absolutely lovely, and it's I don't the think black, it's bad the black either. One. Yeah, yeah, the black, the black one. Shirt. I think it's really yeah. nice. Um, although I'm not sure how how people like Ian will will feel about shirts like that. You know, a little bit different. So I am eager to hear Ian's views on the kits this season. Possibly the most predictable rant coming up now. So home kits. Let, let's get the rules straight. Blackburn Rovers home kits should have reversed halves on the back. We've talked about that. I will let them tinker with which side the blue's on because that, that's throughout our history. But the halves should be reversed on the back. If you get that basic principle right, it's hard to go wrong. 
a little bit of red trim every now and then or a plain blue and white version that ticks all the boxes uh, I'm not a big fan of royal blue and sky blue together. I don't think they go. I think sky blue goes with navy blue, but that's just my colour palette. Very little to do with, with football. Uh, with regard to the away kit this season, uh, it's plain black. It's pretty inoffensive. It's, it's, I, I've always wanted Rovers to do a blackout kit. And I think if that, if that shirt was genuinely a blackout kit, I think it would be an absolute all-time classic. It's pretty good, but it's just a plain black shirt. Loads of loads of teams have a plain black away kit. Uh, the yellow one, the, uh, the highlighter pen yellow one that's been announced today, I quite like that. Mm. I, I, I quite like that. I think the the nod to the um, steel structure on the Jack Walker and the the you know the stands, uh, I, th- I think is a nice touch. It's something that's a bit different. Um, so I, you know, it's something that'll be around for one season. It's probably only going to be worn three or four times. I, th- I think it's quite a nice kit. So traditionalists like me will want red and black away kits or all yellow with blue trim. Uh, but I can't, you know, you can't have that every single year. So I'll kind of accept that the black one is very stylish. It will be worn with jeans, as so many football kits are designed to be worn with. And the yellow one is is a bit out there. I can see people wearing that. Uh, as, as a fashion statement, and down the gym, and playing five side, so it ticks all the boxes. Um, yeah, not not a bad offering. Not not traditional Rovers kits by any stretch, but not a bad offering in in total. Fair comment, Catherine. I'm going to come to you next. You've got a generational Rovers family in the McNamara household. What shirt would be the first option if you were going down to uh, to the Rover store to buy one? If there is any in stock, that is at the moment. I, I do believe there's more coming in. The initial stock's gone, but there is more coming. It might be Christmas, but there's more coming. The one, as my husband said to me the other day, Ugh, looks like a referee's kit. Um, the black one. I think it's. I think it's really nice. So I'm coming at this with my marketing and brand head on. I don't really have strong views on who our sponsor is, but I think the sponsor pops off it, and it looks a bit mean. So I do really like. The colourways of the black, I love the silver. Is it silver or is it white? Couldn't really tell from the, the angles. Silver, I, I think. Yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's actually a really, really, really nice kit. So I'd, I'd go for the black one first. And then I'd only just seen the third kit before I've had my head down most of the day. So I really hadn't seen it until about half an hour before we jumped on. And I was kind of a bit like, ooh, I do like this. Quite like the wackiness of it. It it's kind of, I don't know. It reminds me of something a bit ravey from the early 90s. So really, really like that. The blue one is a bit insipid, to be honest. And I, I really like Macron as a as a, as a a kit sponsor. So I think they could have done a lot better with the home kit. I really do. Loyalties are a little bit split across the group this evening, but I'd go with the black kit first, the yellow second, and the home kit probably leave it this season. James, I've come back to for the final thoughts on this year's kit where, where would your money go first kit would you rank the kits like Catherine's just done which is your personal favorite uh, the black one it's, it's just it's just really aesthetically pleasing and I, I i don't really buy shirts that much but i'm seriously contemplating buying this one when it comes to christmas when there's some more in stock the third <laughs> kit i must give a shout out to the marketing video around it i thought it was very good i thought it was one of the better ones we've done over recent years. Um, I actually found out it was from the Blackburn College as well, so using the local community as well. Like Ian said, I can see people wearing that on fiver sides and festivals. and It's all really nice, but yeah, black first, yellow second. And then the home one for me is just, it's just 
can the same, really. I've not, no real thoughts on it. Just one final thing. I will say all three kits look better with the women's sponsor on in my opinion. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. And, I, and I've noticed on social media tonight that the third kit is available with the men's sponsor, but not the women's sponsor, mm. despite featuring heavily in the video. So that, is, uh, that has upset one of our brethren of this parish, Linz, who's been very quick and very right to point out that how come that the marketing video was launched this morning, featuring prominently, and that, that's one thing they have got right this year, but you can't buy the third kit you couldn't buy it this morning with the ladies' sponsor on. Lindsay used the, the phrase tokenism, and I, I think that's the danger that it comes across, that we, we have a women's club, so it puts a, a tick in a box, as opposed to them being integral. Um, I, I hope there's no malice aforethought, but it's just, it's just it's a repeat. I, I think if Lindsay was here, oh, I'm talking on behalf of her, like she needs me to represent her. Um, you know, it, it, we've we just got to be better at these sorts of things. We've just got to be better. Oh, that's our thoughts on the kits. Now, I just want to end this podcast this week, just because I know we're pushing for time here, but just a quick round the table. And the elephant in the room for me is the JDT, Yondel Thomason. Is he going? Is he staying? We spoke about the the Mirror article that was tweeted out and about there's no money and the, the Indian tax law. We've covered all that. Just on a purely JDT level, how confident in a, in a percentage, say, are we that he will be Blackman Rovers manager either by the start of the season or Christmas or the end? I am I am 50-50 on it. I was certain after the Fleet, Fleetwood game, I think it was, I was, I was thinking to myself, I don't think he'll be here. Um, but as the days have gone on, I, I do think he'll be here. Um, but I really would not be surprised if he leaves Parway through the season or if the rest of the transfer window doesn't pan out the way he wants it to. I wouldn't be surprised if he left. I wouldn't be shocked if he did leave. I get the impression he's a man of his word. I, I think if there's a trust issue there, that that's quite significant. But I think he'll. I think he'll still be here. I think he'll still be here. My, is my is my honest view. And I think, but I think it's probably. I think this is kind of quite a big last chance saloon type warning. If 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 you know there is anything in it. But I feel quite confident that he'll he'll stick with it. Yeah, I think there's I've got three different answers with three sort of different confidence percentages, if you will. I yeah. think he'll I think he'll be here next week, definitely, hundred um, percent. I think he'll see out this transfer window at the very, very least. Uh, even if it's a bad, you know, even if we don't bring any more players in, or maybe we only bring one or two more in, I think I think he'll still be here at Christmas. I think it depends how the season pans out and not necessarily for us because, I mean, there's, he's always been linked with moves away, like the Leeds job springs to mind off the top of my head. I think if another opportunity like that, maybe a, a Premier League struggling team, maybe someone like Crystal Palace aren't doing very well or someone someone like that along those lines, I think if if an offer comes in and someone says to him, do you want to cut? I, I think he would go. And by the end of the season, if he's if he's still there by the end of the season, obviously, I I think again he'll see out another summer, and I think he'll be here for a while. As long as we're not, you know, down in the depths of the division, I think he will be here next season if he stayed past Christmas, sort of thing. Uh, I think ninety five percent he's here at the end of the transfer window, and I think that goes down in increments with each successive window. Um, I, I'd say. 
it's 50-50 he'll be here by the end of the season for the reasons that Catherine pointed out. I think somebody might come in and poach him. Well, those are our thoughts. What are your thoughts? You can join in the discussion on the brfcs.com forums where there's a whole host of other topics to discuss like transfer windows, biscuits, uh, favourite Rovers players, 4,000 holes articles, and of course the Girona fans takeover, which is going back to what we spoke about at the first. We'd love to see any and all of you down at Ewood Park this weekend if you do want to come and see us in the marquee behind the black minute you're more than welcome to come and get a sticker a fixture list uh, a hug from ian uh, selfies where we'll do it all at the weekend and also keep your eyes peeled and uh, keep looking out on your podcast for some very special projects that we're working on in the background here at brfcs thanks for listening to this week's podcast thanks to Catherine, matt james and to ian you've been listening to the Four Thousand holes podcast the what now show until next time See you later. Four thousand holes. No longer just a fanzine, now a podcast too. But you know that. You're listening to it. Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the 90th minute. All you mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.